Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Chicago's Legal Latte, a series of podcasts brought to you by Lavelle Law Limited. Throughout this series, the attorneys from Lavelle Law will share their answers to questions about a variety of topics for individuals and small businesses. To participate in today's discussion, you can email us at podcast at lavellelaw.com. As we begin a new year, uh, this you know happens very frequently in January. There's many of you who uh, might start thinking about or have been planning and are now ready to jump off into a venture of your own. Uh, time to start a new business or uh, perhaps uh, you know get into the planning to start a new business for the coming year. Now, if you've listened to this podcast series in the past, you know we're here to help. And uh, we're going to do that today for those of you who are considering or may have already stuck uh, your foot into a new venture. Hi, everybody. Jim Mitchell here. And if we're going to talk about business and business formation and some of the key aspects of establishing a sound business, uh, you know that we're best served by getting some guidance from our friend Jim Boyd. Uh, Jim is an attorney with Lavelle Law Limited and uh, has been a very valuable contributor to the podcast here over the years. Today we're going to discuss the need or Perhaps we'll find out the lack of such to form a corporate entity for your new business venture. So a lot to cover, very interesting stuff, and I expect it's going to be very informative. So first of all, Jim, hope you had a great holiday, and welcome back to the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me on. I hope you had one, too. Yeah, it was great. So let's do this in a quick nutshell. Uh, We've talked about this in the past, but before we get into it today, what, what are some of the common business structures that someone starting out should consider for their new business entity? So the common options would be to, um, A, just be a sole practitioner, right? Uh, Just an entrepreneur. You've started a business. There is no corporation, and there is no LLC. There's nothing. You're just a sole proprietor in business under your own name. That's one option. Another option is to form a corporation, which typically for a small single-owner business would be an S-corporation. And then another option would be to form a limited liability company, uh, as a single owner, and each of those has different advantages, different disadvantages. But the main reason that we're on the podcast today is to say that the one that is almost always passed over is the sole proprietor. And a lot of times it's because assumptions are made that you have to have a corporation and that there is an inherent benefit to having a corporation. So what we want to do is say there are definitely benefits to corporations and LLCs, but let's make sure you're getting bang for your buck before you go form one. You might be, in a limited set of circumstances, better off just operating as a sole proprietor. Yeah, and and as we kind of take a look at that option today, maybe we work backwards a little bit just to to make sure we understand it. You know, here in Illinois, are there any hard and fast requirements or conditions that the state might apply that require that someone – for a particular type of entity, must have a corporation ever? Not really, no, not that I'm aware of. Um, Mm -hmm. Now, the only thing you'd have to be careful about is there are certain businesses that you're going to be in that require a certain type of license, um, if there's anything very specific like that. Uh, But, you know, we have clients that are uh, sole proprietors that deal with hazardous materials. We have clients that are sole proprietors that are dentists. Um, You know, and a lot of times they'll file as a corporation for a variety of reasons. Um, But no, I'm not specifically aware of anything that requires you to operate either as a corporation or an LLC, just so that you have the right to conduct business. And you mentioned one of the advantages uh, briefly there in in terms of having a corporation is, you know, the various forms of protection it provides. Um, Is that generally the, the prime benefit of a corporation? 
It is, and it's it's also one of the biggest misunderstandings. So mm-hmm. <clears throat> the the idea is, if I form a corporation, no one can sue me personally for anything, and that's not necessarily true. And there's a couple of ways that it's not true that are pretty common. The first is that, for example, if the corporation were to incur debt, it takes out a loan or it has a credit card or something like that, and you were and the corporation were to default on that loan then under the law, the shareholder of that corporation would not be liable. That's the legal explanation of how that works. From a practical perspective, though, almost every single small company that incurs a loan, the owner has to sign a personal guarantee. So under that scenario, if you have taken out a loan to start a corporation or to start a business, and the corporation is the borrower, but you signed a personal guarantee, Yes, on on paper, the corporation protects you as a shareholder. From a practical perspective, you're still going to be personally on the hook. So that's an illusion that we want to make sure we're careful about in that, you know, if you're signing a personal guarantee, and these personal guarantees are on a lot of different things. You know, it would be on a loan, potentially, a a corporate credit card. People are very surprised to find out that they're personally guaranteeing the company credit card. Um, And even a lot of times vendors in the paperwork that they send you, uh, we've got two cases going right now where we've got um, shareholders that are having to pay out of their pocket to settle a case because they didn't even realize they had signed a personal guarantee, but they did. It's pretty obvious. It's right there. Yeah, you have to always so, you know, reinforce before you sign something, make sure someone helps you review it because uh, those words mean something later. Um, exactly and in right. terms of the personal, yeah, the personal guarantee certainly one. Now, what about instances in which if you are, you know, the owner or the shareholder of the corporation and you do something egregious, you cause some sort of damage or other infliction, um, does the corporate protection sort of dissolve away at that point too? It doesn't necessarily dissolve away. I'll say it a little differently, and I'm being a little fussy with my language as a lawyer here, but um, I'll explain it this way, and this is actually a real case that we had with a real client. So um, the client was a handyman, and he was doing some remodeling work in a relatively expensive home, and he did something to break a very large, it wasn't a water main, but it was a very large water supply line on an upper floor. And it caused a massive amount of flood damage in a very short period of time until he was able to get the water main turned off. So that homeowner can sue two different entities. Either A, the corporation that employed the person that swung the hammer that broke the pipe, or the guy that was holding the hammer. Now, when we're dealing with huge corporations, let's say like a UPS or a FedEx or something like that, you would almost never really, you know, you would never sue the driver of a FedEx truck because the FedEx is a way better defendant. They're they're a much better entity to go after. <laughs> but in a situation where you may have a relatively well-off, uh, you know, handyman or contractor, and he actually has more assets available than the corporation does, that person that owns that home would have the ability to pursue either the company or the individual because it was the owner himself that personally did the damage. And that's the key, is if you are actually the one that personally creates the damage that they're complaining about, you can be personally held responsible for that. Now, let's let's talk, because we, I know we got so much we could cover here. We've talked about some exceptions there. If if I'm just a small business working on my own, maybe I've got one or two people with me, You know, where do I get protection from a corporation? Now, here's some areas where, um, you know, even if you're the one doing the work yourself, et cetera, et cetera, you're still going to get protection in four areas. The first is going to be product liability. If you manufacture something and you sell it out to the public, that is sold by the corporation. That will be covered, and you'll be protected under the corporate veil, as they say. You'd also be protected by any product liability insurance that you have. 
Another example is going to be a retail slip and fall case. You know, you run a flower shop and somebody slips on some water. You know, there your corporation is going to provide you protection or any contract liability. So let's say, for example, you've got a contract with a vendor, um, and that vendor has an issue and they sue the corporation. As long as you didn't sign a personal guarantee, that's an agreement between the vendor and the corporation, and it does not involve you personally. So there you have protection. And this is a big one. Anything done by an employee is going to give you protection as a corporation. So what I tell small entrepreneurs is I say, listen, as long as you run by yourself, you definitely should examine the opportunity to operate as a sole proprietor. However, when you bring on employees, that changes everything. And at that point, you should seriously consider corporation or LLC. Uh, we're, we're talking to Jim Voigt, uh, who's always been a, a very valuable contact uh, for me over the years and uh, has served hundreds, if not thousands, of other clients during his years at uh, Lavelle Law. Jim's an integral part of the business law practice group there and often stops by to chat with me on the podcast to provide updates, and we're, we're getting a great update on uh, the need for corporate uh, structure or not uh, in today's conversation. He also publishes some articles. You can find those at lavellelaw.com. Um, and some of our past podcasts as well, if you want to listen to those. Um, Jim, I know we've talked in the past, too, beyond the liability issues that we've already discussed today. Um, Sometimes different corporate structures provide different tax benefits. Uh, How do we factor that into the discussion? Sure. So for uh, under an S corporation, there's a little trick that you can play where you can divide up. Let's say that a corporation is profitable, and as the owner, you have the ability to take out a total of you know, $100,000 from that company in a particular year. If you were to take out all of that as payroll, um, then you're probably paying a little too much tax. You can divide that up between how much payroll you take versus how much you take out as a profit distribution. Profit distributions are taxed at a little bit of a lower rate. So that's one of the reasons people would say, oh, I think I'll form a corporation even if I don't have any of these other benefits. I'm going to form a corporation because there's this tax trick I can use underneath an S-corp. The key on that tax trick, though, is to make sure you're actually getting a benefit from it. If you're not making enough money, and typically we say the threshold is $60,000, if you're not making at least $60,000 out of your company, you're probably paying more to an accountant to figure out all of this math and file the tax returns than you're actually saving in taxes. But that's that's one opportunity there where there's a tax trick that's not available under an LLC. It only works with an S-corp. And, and without getting into what might be an entirely different topic here, just a quick question. You, you mentioned taxes. You mentioned working with an accountant. You know, I know that there's filings for a corporation each year. Is is the choice to become a corporation anything that really is a financial decision at all, or is it uh, still pretty much, you know, a little bit here and there, but nothing that should be a factor? It's definitely a financial decision, and the reason is because there's a lot of baggage that comes with a corporation. You do get that nice tax trick, which may save you some money on taxes, but you now have a a company tax return that you have to file, quarterly 941 tax returns that need to be filed. So there is extra work that's going to need to be done. So we've been in situations where clients have come to us and said, gosh, you know what, I formed a corporation. It was supposed to save me money on taxes. I'm only making $50,000 a year. I'm actually paying my accountant more to do all of these tax forms than I'm actually saving in taxes. So you really want to do a nice real-world analysis to make sure you're going to benefit the way you think you are. And we, we come to you for legal advice uh, here on, on the part, or at least legal discussion, I should say. But let me ask you this, if you've, if you've seen it just based on your experience, you know, if, if someone is a sole proprietor, is there a sort of a inherent advantage to them when they're passing out business cards or meeting people to have a LLC or corp at the end of their name as opposed to just being Jim Boyd? 
from a pure marketing standpoint, there are a lot of people that come to us and say, listen, I get what you're saying. I probably don't need to form a corporation, but the fact of the matter is my customers don't feel comfortable working with me unless I'm a corporation. It might just be a pure marketing situation. We have a lot of large companies that, and we talked about this a little bit in a prior podcast uh, called Negotiating with Giants, there are a lot of large corporations, they simply will not work with a sole proprietor. They, you have to be a corporation or they won't touch you. So from a marketability standpoint, if you forget the tax benefits and you forget the liability benefits and issues, you may have to form a corporation just because people don't want to work with you unless you do. And, and with a minute or so that we have left, um, we always talk about you know doing things the right way, making sure that from the from the start you're protected and have done the right things. When it comes to establishing your corporate entity, you know, tell me the advantages of, of working with an attorney, why it makes sense to do it, and maybe highlight there the risk, if there are any, of doing it wrong if you try and do it you know, on your own and you mess it up, or is there some concern there then? Sure. One of the things, I mean, really, one is a cost issue, and it's a bit of a myth that if you do it online, it's cheaper, because uh, by the time you do all of the things an attorney does for you through one of the online services, it actually ends up costing more than what most lawyers charge. But the biggest issue is you're, you're asking or answering a lot of very detailed questions to the taxing bodies like the IRS and the Department of Revenue. And those can be a little tricky. So you want to make sure that you're answering those correctly. The biggest pitfall that we see is people answering those questions the wrong way end up being, you know, you know, now they have to file tax returns they didn't think they were going to have to file, and they have to try to undo that. Uh, so that's, that's really, I mean, getting some advice here. But really the number one question is, you know, what if you just formed a corporation that if you had sat down with an attorney for 10 minutes, you'd realize you didn't actually even need it? So just figuring out whether you need one at all is is a valuable uh, question to answer by working with an attorney. Okay. Well, uh, as always, folks, if you're going to work with an attorney, we certainly uh, uh, have given you, I think, a great example here today of why Jim Voigt is uh, one of the great people to talk to. You can find out more about Jim at lavellelaw.com. Uh, you'll see some of the articles he's written there. Get all the contact information if you want to get in touch with Jim. Um, next week, uh, we're going to take a look at some family law issues. We're going to talk about uh, some support, child support, family support issues. Janae Pequeno will be here with us. I certainly look forward to that conversation and hope you'll have time to join us for that in each of our podcasts coming up in the new year. Thanks for being here. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Chicago's Legal Latte. If you have any questions or topics for a future episode, please call Lavelle Law Limited at 847-705-7555 or email us at podcast at lavellelaw.com. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.